Hello, hello. Welcome back to New York Talk. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci. Episode 139. How are you doing? I'm a little verklempt. I'm not going to lie. I swear to God, in my building, they're doing facade construction. Construction on the bricks in front of the building. Do you know, I don't need this kind of stress in my life. Like, all day long, it's the jackhammer, it's this, it's that. So if you're hearing hammers or whatever, yes, in the background, if you're driving to work right now, taking a sip of your Dunkin' or your to-go thermos with coffee in it, and you happen to hear the faint noise of a jackhammer, yes, it is. It's coming from outside my window. I have the windows shut, and it's still coming through. It's making me crazy. I could barely think. And then I'm doing the winter to summer clothes changeover, which is a joke. I don't know how you ladies are doing this, or men, because... I don't know what shorts I should be putting in my drawer because I have short size 27 to 31, okay? I'm really like a 29 or a 30. It's, just, it's You know what? It's making me crazy, a.k.a. I'm a 4 to a 12. I mean, that that's basically what I'm telling you. And 4 is stretching it probably as 12. I'm more of a 6 to 10 kind of girl. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't deal with the multiple waist sizes for whatever moods I'm in. And, you know, it's all because of the dieting that I do. It's all because I say ridiculous things like, today I'm going to be a vegetarian and tomorrow I'm making homemade candy bars, which actually we're going to be talking about later on, so stay tuned. But uh, in the meantime, I found a great skirt. FYI, well, skort. Let me say, let me start by saying I am a skort lover. Not in like, like a tacky, you know, like skort, like a fancy skirt with the shorts that show in the back. No, I mean, like, I like functional clothes. I, I do. I like functional clothes, which is why I wear a uniform. Every day I wear a uniform. I, I well, it, on not days where I'm working and or on stage, but I prefer to wear leggings. And I wear a Gap, the Gap Modern Tank. I have thousands of them. I have them in black, white, gray, navy. And sometimes I'll buy the occasional color. Sometimes they do a dusty rose or a sage green. The thing is, is that they never do really great colors. At the Gap. They never do like vibrant colors in the modern tanks and tops. So I, I basically stick with, you know, the, the, the regular neutral. So that's my uniform. Modern tank, everyday, leggings, and then some sort of jacket, hoodie, top, you know, kimono, whatever. Whether I wear high tops, whether I wear ballet slips, boots, whatever, that's what I wear, okay? So having said that, functional clothing. In the summer, leggings a little bit of a stretch, you know, because, I mean, while they protect from the chafing, I sweat like a mother effer, you know what I'm saying? So I... I, I love skirts and dresses, but I don't really like the skirts in the summer because of the chafing issue. So I love a skirt. I, I love a good skirt. And skirts have been hard to find in the last few years. The only skirt I was able to really locate that I thought was quasi-cute was um, Jay McLaughlin has skirts. But the thing with Jay McLaughlin is oh, there's one in my neighborhood. Uh, so I, I'll go, you know, in person and look, but 
you know, they don't always have the sizes, so I have to order online. The thing with Jay McLaughlin is, one, very expensive. So I always like to wait for their sales. Two, it's just like a touch too waspy for me. You know what I'm saying? It's like... It's like, it's like why all of the Lily Pulitzer knockoff Paisley. And it's not knockoff. Jay McLaughlin has amazing quality. The stuff I've had from there lasted for years. I have stuff from Jay McLaughlin for 10 years. But the Scott prints, eh, it's like, you know, it's a little, it's a little Pulitzer knockoff. Anyway, so I like to wear Lululemon Align leggings. I told you in the past, colorful koala is a dupe to align leggings, also Crazy Yoga, CRZ Yoga on Amazon, but Crazy Yoga has a skirt. Hold on, I wrote, I wrote it down to tell you. Um, Crazy Yoga Women's Lightweight High-Waisted Tennis Skirt A-Line. Okay, it's on Amazon, $35. It's that Lululemon material pants, the shorts underneath, and yes, it has pockets. Uh, I think it has a pocket, a zip pocket on the back. And I think it has a pocket on the inside. Here's the thing. The material is not flimsy workout material. So it feels a little structured, a.k.a. hides the lumps and the bumps. You know what I'm saying? And I could run around with the kids in it, run around with them in the park, all that kind of stuff, have a picnic, not have to worry that my underwear is showing. I got a couple of them for Disney because, you know, I'm going to Disney in the summer. And the other skirt that I found that I'm really liking is Target in Motion. You know, Target has that workout brand in motion, which I usually glance over if I'm ever in the store because I feel like the online options for workout, you know, brands are just so good. Like the Crazy Yoga, Colorful, Lulu, whatever, people like Aloe, the whole thing. So, I like aloe too, but not the price. Uh, Therese has really cute pattern. T-E-R-E-Z, if you don't know, has really cute uh, patterns, leggings and whatnot. But again, pricey, but they do have sales, FYI. Uh, so I I wasn't really always like focused on the Target Emotion brand, but they do have a bunch of skirts this season and they're pleated, but not like the wide pleat tennis skirt pleats. They're... they're um, very small like a quarter inch pleat i like it it's very cute they come in lots of colors hot pink white black emerald green of course the bright colors that i want are sold out um but i i really like them and by the by in in target emotion if you're interested i'm wearing a medium so usually i would get a large because i don't want a muffin top and not that there's anything wrong with the muffin top i just prefer not. If I can avoid a muffin, I'm going to avoid the muffin. You know, so I got a medium, little gamble, don't did it, got it in store, didn't try it, and it's it's a beautiful thing because it it's high-waisted, so you pull it up, so even if you do have a little muffin top, you know it 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 it, it disappears. Um, but it's comfortable. Mm. And I got that uh Target skirt. I know I know some listeners are out in Long Island. I got it at the uh Target in Westbury on Old Country Road, Westbury, New York, Westbury, Long Island. That Target is just so good. It's huge. If you're in the area, go. If you're not, I'm sure you have your own big Targets. But the only Target really that I have in the city that sells women's clothes or a decent amount of women's clothes is Target in Harlem. Because, and it's always sold out, so it's pointless for me to go. Because all the other Targets around Manhattan are 
they either don't have women's clothes, don't have kids' clothes at all. You know, they're like express targets. Or they have like two things and everything's ransacked in a horror. Anyway, moving on from skorts. Okay, I am reading this book that is literally changing my life. You have to get this book. I will repeat it later on in product of the week, but the book is by an author, James Nestor. He's a science researcher, okay? And the book is called Breathe. The book is called Breathe, The New Science of a Lost Art, and it came out in 2020. So here's the deal. You know I don't read really fiction books. We've already established. I know, like... I get recommendations from you girls and guys. You know, you really get yourself in trouble by calling people ladies and guys. And oh, God, I can't take it. Everybody's so freaking sensitive. Anyway, anyway, I got some really good book recommendations. I'm I'm sitting in my library right now, which is really a closet with the door off. But, you know, one could dream. And um, I, I, they, I can't locate the book, but somebody told me about a really good fiction book. Where is it? Damn it. Anyway, I um I don't really read fiction, but this one girl's like, oh my god, you remind me of this character named Connie in this book. You gotta read it. Da da da. I bought it, of course. I didn't touch it yet. Uh, it's on my list of bath reading. Uh, but you know, I don't tend to read fiction. I love nonfiction, and I I like self help. I like real stories. I like biographies, and then I like business books. That's you know we've talked. That's that's our, of course we've talked. This is New York talk, and this is all we do every week. So, but okay, here's the deal. This is gonna sound kind of crazy, but are you a mouth breather or a nose breather? Here's here's the thing. We don't use. We're not even conscious sometimes of how we breathe. But I know sometimes in the middle of the night, I wake up and I know my mouth is open, and I'm like, mm, close that mouth, okay? Like. Why is Boca Grande, you know, flapping, uh, flapping around in the night? Like, you know, and also, you know, sometimes if your mouth is open, you tend to snore or breathe heavy, that kind of thing. I'm not a big snorer. I think I like snore a little bit, like, like a baby snore. Not all night. Like if I'm in a very, very, very deep sleep. But anyway, I tend to be, I think, a mouth breather on and off throughout the night. And during the day, I'm just talking all the time. So I'm assuming I'm doing a lot of mouth breathing during the day. Not, uh, nose breathing, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I think I try to breathe through my nose. But the reason why I'm telling you this is because that's what this book is about. And James Nestor tells this story. And it's, I love the way he sets up the book. It basically just talks about how he, like, you know, wants to, fig- like, he's having this thing and he wants to figure out, like, breathing and da-da, and he, and he talks about his own stories about how he breathed and his own personal, you know, experiences and his own health, and then he goes into sort of the research, right? So the whole crux of the book is nose breathing is the proper way to breathe for a million reasons. The biggest reason that it's healthier and it literally can cure diseases. Now, I'm not like one of these people that are like anti-shots or like, you know, don't go to the doctor because we can holistically cure ourselves. Like that's, that's not me. But when I'm reading something that has factual evidence, like, and you know, I'm, 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 I'm a little salt. So, okay. But this is it. Nose breathing. 
let me give you a, a run of a list really quick. All the benefits. Reduces exposure exposure to foreign substances. It humidifies and, and warms inhaled air. It increases the airflow to the arteries. It improves your lung volume. It helps your diaphragm work properly. Okay, you're like, Elise, these, like, are you really reading a list? Here's where I feel like it, it gets it gets better. Um, it reduces your risk of coughing. Nose breathing reduces your risk of coughing. It aids in your immune system. It lowers your risk of snoring, sleep, sleep apnea. And, you know, one of the biggest, I thought, it supports the correct formation of your teeth and mouth. I am not doing this justice right now. I am, I'm hearing myself read this and I'm like, blah 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 snow 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 no pun intended um but it there there he talks about all these cases where there's doctors that teach people how to nose breathe and it literally cures scoliosis like big things right he does this experiment with this other researcher where they tape they use surgical tape crazy tape they put a little tiny piece of square tape on their lips throughout the night tape their mouth shut and they only can breathe exclusively through their nose. And they talk about how great they feel, right? Here's the thing. The book's a New York Times bestseller. It won Best Book of 2020 by NPR. Washington Post named it most notable nonfiction book in 2020. It's it's just game-changing. And basically it's saying no matter how much you eat, you exercise, how skinny you are, how young you are, how smart you are, none of this shit matters unless you're breathing properly, okay? Um, he travels all over the world throughout the book. He talks about how we could fix our breathing. He talks about other cultures. He talks about ancient texts, um, Tibetan texts, Chinese texts, you know, BC, AD, that have had this, this talk about breathing and the importance of breathing through your nose and not your mouth. And there are like these ancient texts from literally like thousands of years ago that are like, if you breathe through your mouth, you're gonna have tons of illness come upon you, right? Anyway, it's crazy. It's crazy and the validation of the Times and NPR and the Post, blah, 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 Washington Post, makes it, you know, all the more better. But I'm reading it and I'm almost getting like claustrophobic with my own breathing. I'm like reading it and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> Am I breathing out of my nose? Apparently, one of the things that they say, which I'm, I'm only halfway through the book, but I feel like it's changing my life because I, um, I don't know, like I just, I, I want to feel less tired. I want to feel healthier, right? I'm like, I go on these like diets and I go to the gym and I do all these things and I run and it's like, if I, if breathing, if breathing properly can can change the way I feel like like what I don't have to like feel like I have to go to run to yoga or Pilates I don't have to bring my my singing bowl and do my meditation I mean that's amazing right and aren't we all like on some kinds of quest to feel good always or or, or to be happy I mean we all we've established and uh, we all know these are fleeting emotions we're not always going to feel great all the time but I, I just love this. I just I just love it. It's a hidden science. Ain't this hidden science of breathing, an ancient science, um, scientifically tested, long-held beliefs about how we breathe, and James Nestor is putting them, or has put them into light, 
And I, I love it. I don't even know how I came on the book, by the way, came upon the book. I was, I think I was on Amazon and I think it popped up to be honest. And I saw the accolades, I read the reviews and I was like, huh, this is, this is amazing. So anyway, definitely recommended. We'll repeat the name later on in the show. So have you heard that the state of Utah has banned Pornhub. So, you know, Pornhub, biggest porn site in the world. Actually, forget biggest porn site in the world. Pornhub.com is the fourth most visited website in the United States. This is true. It has more than 75 million unique visitors a day. More than 75 million people go to Pornhub.com every single day. What sick fucks. How disgusting. Is that how desperate you are for some pornography? I mean... <laughs> but anyway. Mm. But Utah banned it. They banned... They banned... They banned it and they uh, are saying that... And they also um, have a, a, a new law that goes... That went into effect that said... Not only um, is, it, is it banned, if you want to go to other porn sites, you have to verify your age. So if you go to a website, right, it'll uh, there will be a pop-up that's safe for work that'll say, hey, you know, can you verify your age, scan your license, that kind of thing. Someone said, I don't know if giving, I read, I don't know if giving your ID every time you want to visit one of these sites is the most effective way to stop underage visitors yeah newsflash i don't know either but here's the thing what else are you supposed to do what i mean we i i like the showing the id as a young person if you're a young person you're trying to get on some filthy fucking website i like that you should show your id you know why because what what are our other options we all know that kids see this shit but, you know, and, and are they going to see it regardless if they show an ID? Of course they are. Are they going to, like, sneak around and find loopholes and get fake IDs or steal their mother's ID? Like, of course they will, right? Their father's ID. But the reality is, is that it's a step to try to protect children from the web, from the filthy, perverted, disgusting thing. You know, what show? Oh, Fleischman in Trouble. I watched that show I told you about a few weeks ago. There were like a couple months ago. And I told you one of my friends, she's on the show, Ashley Austin-Moore. She's a comic. And uh, she plays one of the crazy Upper East Side mothers. There's a scene in the show where Fleischman, the divorced dad, has his kids with him. And he has a son who's like 10 years old. And Fleischman's at work. He's a doctor. And he's at work. And his kids are home with the babysitter. And the babysitter's not really paying attention. And the this his son goes on the computer and starts to see hardcore porn. And he, the boy, little boy was like traumatized. And when the father come home, came home, you know, the father was so mad at the babysitter for not paying attention because the kid was watching this on the internet, da 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 But the dad sat the kid down and was just like, what's the matter? And he, he told, and the kid said, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to do this. I don't, da, da, da. It literally scared the fucking daylights out of this kid, this, this hardcore porn that he watched. And here's the thing, like kids, they might have their little whispers about what 
sexy time is and kissing and a boyfriend and a girlfriend but it's a whole nother ball game as we know if your precious doll baby gets in front of a screen and sees the most violent heinous just just abusive not even not like not nothing nothing like two people like laying down and and like in a bed and like touching which is like i feel like what kids think they lay side by side maybe pete the two adults consenting adults touch but when you get the kid in front of a screen and they see god knows what i mean come on come on it's it is effing traumatizing so yeah Good for you, Utah, for putting some some sort of regulation. I, you know, and and of course, listen, this all goes back to that that um, that issue of freedom of speech and freedom of content and how much should the government be in control. But when there's these there's epidemics where kids are taking their lives because of content that they watched online, or kids are doing insane shit because of like TikTok challenges or kids are being mentally and emotionally traumatized because of these these porn shit that they're watching whatever like maybe that's when the government should step in I think that is you know it's like when it's like think about you know what I think when I hear this kind of debate I think about uh like the surgeon general and smoking right like everybody was yeah it's studio 54 smoking their marlboro reds their parliament lights whatever the hell capri cigarettes whatever the hell they were doing and then the whole country starts to get lung cancer people are dropping like flies everybody has emphysema the whole thing it's news flash not safe and you know so the government the surgeon general's coming out warning people and you know and now yes we're banning cigarettes in certain states and cities and you know in establishments and blah blah and where does that come from that comes government whether it's federal state local these are real life real life um instances of the government stepping in with social real life social behaviors and and maybe the government should step in as well with uh digital life behaviors because it it's you at the end of the day right they're they're protecting the citizens of uh the state the city the country i i don't you know there's a lot of people that'll be like at least what the fuck are you talking about government should mind their own business i don't really think that actually i really don't think that i am i like you i watch all the murder shows on netflix and hulu and da 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 and i, I am horrified when i hear about kids you know, and, 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 and suicide and bullying and, and rape and da da, da just from online interactions and stuff. So that I do think, yes, I do think that the, the, the states should step in. So good for you, Utah. Speaking of kids, Magic Spoon Cereal. Have you heard of this? Okay, I, like I know that you have. Um, or maybe not. Depending, depending. I'm a cereal lover. So I have 1,000 cereals in my cabinet. I know they're all horrible. In fact, I just bought Ezekiel. Have you tried this cereal? So Okay, so here's the thing. This is not Magic Spoon. Ezekiel is like the healthiest cereal on the planet, apparently. Well, you know, on the market. In American supermarkets, let's, 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 let's be realistic. People are like, oh, Kashi, oh, Fiber One, oh, this, that. Like Chris, he loves Kashi. That's his cereal. Loves Kashi. Can't like he literally doesn't have anything else. He's a he's a guy of habit, who likes his creature comforts. He likes his Kashi cereal. Fine. 
But when you flip the box over a kasha cereal, the sugar content's pretty high, right? So Ezekiel has the same chalky taste as lots of kashi cereals, but when you look at the sugar, it's not there. But when you eat it, it really does taste like cardboard. So I bought Ezekiel cereal. I had it with some Greek yogurt. I put some berries in it. It's tolerable, fine, right? On the other side of the spectrum, I'm in this pop-up grocer, which I thought was a store that was unique to New York until I Google it and I find out there's like one in every major metropolitan area. It's this supermarket made uh, founded by this girl Emily like not a not a, a woman amazing yay Emily and not owned by some big corporation and it's almost like a boutique snack store but they're calling it like a grocery store right so I'm in the store the other day and I see they have magic spoon cereal magic spoon cereal is this cereal that had insane Instagram hype okay like everybody I know that was retargeted for it like, I have to ask my girlfriend, Priscilla, if she was retargeted for Magic Spoon. Because when Priscilla and I were pregnant, we used to send all these, like, crazy texts, right? When we were both pregnant with our first babies, we would be like, what cereal are you having tonight? We both had this insane cereal obsession. Every night after dinner on the couch, we would both, in our respective houses, her in Staten Island, me in Manhattan, would eat copious bowls of cereal. She used to love the cereal. I, I don't even know if she still eats it, I have to ask her crave it's like i think it's like squares filled with chocolate of course i bought it like of course i ate the box in one night you know come on i was pregnant like that, that's the best time ever that's food it's foodtopia right but i don't know if she was retargeted for magic spoon i have to ask her because i know she loves cereal um but magic spoon pink box of cereal looks like looks like fake looks like fake cereal i think i ignored the ad for the first month or two. Because I was like, what is this Fugazi, bubblegum, Pepto-Bismol pink box of cereal with unicorns on it, targeted all over to me on Instagram. Like, am I that much of a fat ass that Instagram is now retargeting me food items? You know what I'm saying? Ignore it. And then, of course, three dots, hide ad, never to be seen again. Thank you. Too sensitive, too personal, repetitive. Goodbye. Forgot all about it. Until the other day, I'm in the supermarket in Greenwich Village and magic spoon cereal. Immediately grabs it off the shelf, throw it in the basket. Didn't even care the price. I was like, this is the cereal. It's real. It exists. I'm going to buy it. Okay. The thing with magic spoon cereal is it has like no sugar, like four net, four grams of like net carbs. Don't even ask me what that is. Look it up. I, I like. I literally like have no idea. And it's a keto cereal. It's supposed to be really healthy for you. It has alternative versions of sugar called allulose, right? And um, me personally, like anytime I see like a sugar alternative, things that are uh, sweetened with stevia or uh, you know like erythrol, the sugar alcohol, I usually tend to find a little disgusting. So I, I was kind of like, ah. Eh. But people are obsessed with Magic Spoon. Like Sarah Silverman was on her podcast saying it was the most amazing thing. One of my girlfriends, she texted me and she said, oh my God, DM, whatever. And hi, I know you're listening. She she was like, oh my God, is it worth the hype? And this is, this is, my, this is my review of Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon cereal is loops. So when you open the box, it's loops, round little rings, and they're multicolored. 
I bought the fruity box. There's peanut butter, cocoa, fruity, and one other one I forgot. I bought fruity box, pink box. You open it up, it's loops. It looks like Fruit Loops. It's it's almost some of it's like stuck together-ish. I'm assuming that's be cool, you know dry that in the bag. First glance, not a fan of how much is in the bag. I should have showed it. I did not. It's a seven ounce box of cereal, which is small, way small. Usually cereal is what, 11 ounces, 12 ounces, the big family size, like 20, whatever. Not a lot. It's like half the bag, less than half the plastic bag full. You put the cereal, I put, you know, I did it in milk. I didn't even try it dry. I just put it in milk. Automatically, I was sold. I was like, oh my God, this is reminiscent of my childhood. I don't know if it was Fruit Loops or Fruity Pebbles or whatever. It just reminds you of that childhood super sugary taste. And I was like, sold. Come to mama. Don't give a shit how much this costs. If this is healthy <laughs> and like free cows, I will be having this for snacks instead of, you know, sneaking the occasional, you know, mini Kit Kat. Just, just saying, right? So, um, sweetened with allulose, very happy, have it, having this, enjoying this big bowl of cereal and the soy milk. About 20 minutes after, my stomach was killing me. It started to bother me so much. I didn't throw up or anything, but I had to take some Pepto. I never get sick, knock on wood, from foods. I can eat anything. Like, I, so this was weird for me. This was weird. Um, so when my friend asked me, what do you think of Magic Spoon? I said, reminiscent of childhood, looks fun, box is fun, it's a fortune. $10, by the way, for a seven ounce box of cereal. I mean, come on, really? But, you know, fine. I said, definitely worth trying. Me personally, I felt very sick after it. So I'm not going to be having Magic Spoon again, but it's definitely worth a try. So um, zero sugar, high protein cereal is how they market it try it. Let me know what you think. I mean, I'm sure you throw, piss away $10 and throw away $10 and a lot of other things that, you know, like a cocktail that you don't like or something or you don't drink. So, um, it's worth trying for the price, but it is, uh, ugh, I don't know that allulose it, that's, it's actually not, uh, regulated in Canada and in Europe. So, you know, who knows what that means, but lots of people are sold. They've sold a million boxes so far. They came out in 2019. And you can order it directly on their website, by the way. But they do sell it at Walmart, and I heard they sell it at Target. They don't carry it in a lot of normal supermarkets. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 it was weird. It was weird. I mean, like, is this the sweet kid reminiscent taste flavor explosion that was going on in my mouth worth the stomach ache after absolutely not was it worth having a stomach ache to know that I was having zero sugar cereal and I you know and I could have like fruity pebbles that'll probably kill me and has all the sugar in the world and have no stomach ache I mean no no to be honest no by the way do you know the highest the highest uh sugar content cereal on the market uh, sm uh honey smacks 50 grams of sugar. Yeah, that popped up when I was looking up Magic Spoon. I don't know. We'll see. 
So Food and Wine Magazine has Best Butchers in America. They came out with their Best Butchers in America, and the list is so huge. I'm not going to tell you all of them, but I do want to shout out some of the New York butchers that won. Lobel's on the Upper East Side has been around forever. It's on Madison Avenue. I don't shop there because I don't care how good your meat is or how precision your butcher cutting skills are. I'm not spending like $130 on a brisket. Sorry, Lobel's. Sure, it's delicious. But, um... Esposito's uh, Meat Market and Hell's Kitchen one, uh, Paisano's Butcher Shop in Brooklyn, Jap- Japan's Beef in New York City. Elmo, stop it! You hear Elmo? What's the matter? You know this Elmo, so cute. But what are you? What are you barking about, baby? Baby dog. Uh, Florence Prime Meat Market also in New York City. If you go into Florence, Elmo, stop it! Come here. Come over here. If you go into Florence Prime Meat Market in Manhattan, they still have sawdust on the floor. It's a tiny little shop. It's cute. Um, it's on the West Village. You know, it's almost like they're hiding from the gentrification. But I don't know. They Apparently, they make amazing dry-aged bone and ribeyes that are to die for. So maybe I'll have to stop by. You know, Adam and Ellie's wasn't on there. I, I'd actually, I know Adam and Ellie's, they have a place on there. Hey, Elmo. Elmo, come over here. Come here. This dog is barking at nothing. Do dogs see ghosts? Elmo, come. Come here. He's in his little cage, which inside the playpen. Like, but here's the door open. I've cage trained her. Elmo, come here. Stop it. Oh my God, we're having a dog situation. Hold on, let me go get him. This is crazy. Hold on. Elmo, come over here. You know mommy's busy right now. Come here. Come here. Oh, my God. Hold on. (laughs) Elmo, come. Come here. What are you doing? Come over here. Come here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Have you ever? You know, maybe this is why I should do the podcast in a studio. I don't even know if you're hearing me right now because I had to take off my headphones. Oh, my God, you baby dog. Sit down. Okay, I'm back. Okay, I'm back. I don't feel bad, though. <laughs> I remember, I you know, I listened to all these podcasts, and I I think once I was listening to Sebastian's, and like, I don't know, someone came in the room. People come in the room. Maybe it was Pete, his wife. I don't know. You know, that's, it's life. This is life. This is what it is. Okay, so yay to all those New York butchers that won uh, the Food and Wine Awards. Good. You know what? Butcher lost art. Lost art, worth it. You know, when you go to the supermarket, when I go to the supermarket and I buy, you know, maybe I'll buy like a steak or something if I'm going to make it in the oven, which yes, sear it and then you can put it in the inside the oven on a foil pan, you know, uh, in a pan with the foil on top. It's like they call it this like slow type of cooking a steak. If you look up like oven cooked steak. I know it's crazy. Here's the thing. You're like, ew. Yeah, ew. Ew, ew is right, because I don't have a barbecue, okay? So I'm working with what I got. Anywho, um, it's, anytime, if I go to a supermarket and I buy, like, a, a cut of meat and it's not that great, like, you know, like, I come home and it's like, maybe it's fat. Or, I'm just like, ugh. And then I'm like, I should go to the butcher. You know, but wasn't, Faico's wasn't on there. Very disappointed. I love Faico's. You know, I, downtown in, in Greenwich Village, they also have one in Brooklyn. I go in there. I place my order. I pick it up. I mean, the way that they make their chicken cutlets, like, and ugh, I can't. And then the cheese and parsley, thin sausage, my favorite. 
Okay. Okay. So, being the hungry girl that I always am, <laughs> I wanted to ask you what your favorite candy bar is. Mine, I have so many, but one of my all-time favorites is a whatchamacallit. Do you remember a whatchamacallit? I don't even know if they still sell them. I haven't seen it in the store. It's, it was in like this like putrid beige wrapper. And it was like a 70s brown and yellow and orange kind of like writing on it. And it was like crispy rice and caramel and chocolate. It was like so good. If you see a whatchamacallit, try it. So I found a recipe for how to make that. So I want to share it with you because my daughters and I have been on a Rice Krispie tr uh, treat kick, right? We've been making a lot of Rice Krispie treats. And um, the other day, you know, as an alternative to Rice Krispie treats, we decided to make Fruity Pebble treats, which is obviously the same way as making Rice Krispies, but instead of Rice Krispies, use Fruity Pebbles. Well, the little British dolls did not like Fruity Pebble treats. They felt they were too sweet, mommy. They literally thought they were too sweet. So there I had the 9 by 13 pan of Fruity Pebble treats had to go right in the garbage. I loved it on the other hand. But if they, if my daughters were telling me they were too sugary, that's probably a little red flag for mommy because between the butter and the, the, the pack and the half, or the bag and a half of mini marshmallows that I used plus the sugary cereal, I mean, come on, like I, I'd like to live. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. Here's a recipe for whatchamacallits. A quarter cup of butter, one package, one 10 ounce package of mini marshmallows, a half a cup of peanut butter, six cups of Rice Krispies, 11 ounces of caramel, one bag of caramel chips, two tablespoons of milk, and a uh, one and a quarter cup of milk chocolate chips, okay? So this is what you do. It's like literally so easy. I didn't make it yet, but I, one of my girlfriends gave me the recipe and said they're absolutely delicious, so I am going to make it, and I already know they're amazing. You make, you melt the butter, right? You put the Rice Krispies in. You make it just how you're making a uh, Rice Krispie treats. And while, after you melt the butter and you take it off the heat and you put the Krispies in, you also put the half a cup of peanut butter in. Mix it all together, right, until everything's all buttery and marshmallowy and amazing. Place that batter, that 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 Rice Krispie batter, in a uh, 9 by 13 Pyrex baking sheet, whatever. I dump it in there, and then I use a piece of wax paper and we'll push it, you know, down on the top. That's what I do when I make Rice Krispie treats. And I don't butter... By the way, I don't butter the Pyrex dish. Some people say, oh, you got to butter the Pyrex dish. Why? It's already so buttery with the, the butter from the pan. Anyway, okay. So after you do that, you melt your caramel chips in the microwave, right? Um, you could put a tablespoon of that milk in there. And then when you're done, you take a butter knife and you smooth over the caramel on top of your Rice Krispies that are pressed into your baking sheet yum okay and uh then you put them in the fridge for a little bit and then you melt the same thing melt the chocolate right with a little tablespoon of milk and uh in the micro and then also spread that on top of where you spread the caramel and then put it in the refrigerator 
I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half, and then cut it into little mini bars. And then you serve. How amazing does that sound? So basically what I'm telling you is it's Rice Krispie treats with melted, with mixed in with peanut butter, with melted caramel, and then melted chocolate on top. I mean, homemade candy bars, no bake, amazing, whatchamacallits, right in your kitchen. Oh my God, I can't wait to make these. You have to make them and tell me how, what you think of them. And by the way, when you look at the package of all these candy bars, who knows what kind of crap is in it? So you know what? Fine. Is it the healthiest thing? No. But are you sparing your children and yourself all of that those those long words on the ingredients list that you're not able to pronounce? Of course. It's amazing. Anyway, can't wait. Someone told me also about a uh, a, a recipe for homemade mounds bars, by the way. Basically, that was easy. I didn't, I, I have to limit on how, what I could do. But the homemade mouse bars was just a can of sweetened condensed milk, flaked coconut, mix it together, and then create little, uh, like little, little bars, small little bars, like an inch and a half bar. And then roll those little bars into melted chocolate, put that on a wax paper and refrigerate. And there you go, mounds. And if you want an almond joy, you know, you stick an almond in the middle of that. Anyway, oh God, you know, this is, this is, you know, and then this is what I do. And then I go and I buy, you know, $10 keto cereal that tastes like sugar. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm on a diet. I'm so healthy. No, no. <laughs> Anywho, I got this little baby dog on my lap. So cute. He's out this Elmo. He's, I think he's probably like three pounds now. What a joy. I, I know. You're like, is this really? Yeah, it's the last thing I needed. You're 100% right. It is the last thing. But I, I got to tell you, on the days that I work from home, it's so nice to have a little buddy around. And it's it's like, ugh, it's changing the girls. Like, they're so sweet taking care of this little puppy. It's amazing. Okay. If you've tried to buy Wise Girl by Elise Lucci, my book, uh, we're still having an Amazon glitch. Well, not we, the publisher. So, you know, I hope to have some good news for you. But everybody that had bought it so far, thank you for buying it. I know that you got it on Barnes & Noble, which is great. And, uh, yes, if you read it, leave me a review. I have a few reviews already. I think most of the reviews are on Amazon because people know they read the reviews on Amazon. And I'm so – I'm reading the reviews. I have tears in my eyes. I can't believe it. Um, yeah. It's like, what did Sally Field say? They like, they like me. They really, really like me. Like, I just, I just, I'm, I need something to hit now. That's what I need. I need something to hit. I do my stand up. I have the New York Talk podcast. I'm on social. I have the book. I need something to hit. Like, that's, that's the reality. Yes. Did I audition for that Robert De Niro part to play his wife? Yes. Was it, was that amazing? Did I think that was going to change my life? Of course. Did it go to the Catherine Narducci? Catherine Narducci? Yes. Love you, Kat. But the reality is, is that could have been it, but it wasn't it. It's This is a long game, people. Got to enjoy the journey. I'm enjoying the journey, but it would be nice if something, just a little something hit for me. <laughs> anyway, we'll see. Okay, so product of the week. It's the book Breathe. You got to buy it. Like James Nestor, the, the new science. It's Okay, here's the full Breathe. The new science of a lost art. James Nestor, get it on Amazon. I, it has like 24,000 reviews. It's, it, I just feel that for all the stuff that we buy and we read and what we spend our time, you know, this is like, this is really, this is really a game changer. 
if you want to work on yourself, which I know we all do, right? Like how much TikTok scrolling are we really going to do? Is that really changing us? You know what I'm saying? No. I, I think as I am getting older, I'm trying to uh, not limit what I consume, but I'm trying to consume things where I could learn something or people that are positive role models. You know what I'm saying? Like I, which I think I am, you know, I'm not sitting, I mean, you know, like I love all the comedy podcasts. I absolutely love them and I love to hear all my fellow comedians and how they slice and dice things. But I don't want to listen to, uh, you know, people talking about, you know, sex and BJs and all this. Like, I just, like, I know it has a market and a demo, but I just, like, uh, I don't know if that's, like, me getting older, but I've always kind of been like this, to be honest. Anywho. Okay, so that's the book, Breathe, James Nestor, Quote of the Day by Queen Elizabeth II. Rest in peace. It's often the small steps, not the giant leaps, that bring the most lasting change. And with that said, this is episode 139. I'm Elise Lucci for New York Talk. I love to love you, baby, and I will talk to you soon. Music.